This is At Risk Radio. Welcome to At Risk Radio. At Risk Radio is a show where we talk about leadership in the church at risk. My name is Mark Stafford, and I'm the host of the show. I'm here with a couple of Daves, all right? So I got David Witt. He's the CEO of SOM International. I'm also here with Dave Arden. He is the Vice President of Domestic Ministries at SOM International. So we got a lot of Daves to deal with today, so I'm going to try to make it clear who I'm talking to, all right? So David Witt, tell me a little bit about Dave Arden and about his role there at SOM SOM International. Well, Dave is uh, integral in just the work here. In fact, the board uh, and myself so much affirmed his continual growth and maturity leadership. He's been to all the fields now, too, and just representing the work domestically to our partners and just into our staff. He's a shepherd. And so they lifted him up to promote him to vice president now, uh, as we talked about. And and that's because just the... uh, uh, really the credibility and authority that he's walking in now, that we want him to continue to get the word out, to energize the church, what God is doing. So I'm excited as Dave continues to grow in, in 2024, as um, I know the Lord's going to work through him to energize the body of Christ, specifically in America, for what God's doing around the world. And he just got back um, from Columbia and really just encouraged me with a fresh perspective of what God's doing in Colombia to Venezuela specifically and be in Russell and his leadership down there and being a leadership podcast. I said, Dave, come on, tell us what you saw and encourage uh, our listening audience. So Dave, welcome. And again, congratulations for being the vice president. Now it's uh, a thrill and delight and an honor ultimately for me to be working alongside of you and for this greater global work. Well, yeah, uh, Dave Arden, tell us a little bit about what brought you to South America and what your purpose of that trip was. Yeah, thanks, Mark. It's an honor to be here, honor to serve SOM, and really honored to work internationally to see firsthand what God is doing. And really interesting, foreboding, remote, and uh, dangerous places, honestly. So a couple of main reasons going down there. I'm really wanting to represent every area well uh, around the world that we serve here in the U.S., and also wanting to get uh, to be a part of a Bible distribution effort in the eastern side of Colombia and even over to the border of Venezuela there to see firsthand what Russell is doing. Tag along with Russell, uh, but then also get a chance to work in, in Bible distribution. So, yeah, first, I've been to 10-plus countries now, 11 countries, first time in Colombia. So I just wanted to go see, connect, and really get a better perspective on what God is doing there. So uh, what really came to life when you were there in Colombia? I, I, you know, I've never been. And I, um, you know, I've put out these newsletters. I've seen the pictures, and but what was really what really stood out to you when you were actually there on the ground in Colombia? Well, I want to I want to go a couple angles with this. Mark first is working with Russell and, and Russell's seat because yeah. that's unique getting to travel with him. And then secondly is the Colombian context itself, uh, the environment that's there, and, and specifically the work we can talk to after that. So let's just go with Russell. Russell is one of those fascinating. Uh, characters I've ever been around with, worked with, and seen firsthand. You know, in this world tour that I've been on, seeing different places, Russell was last. In some ways, that's significant because he's one of the most influential workers, you know, leaders we work with. Literally a a man who makes decisions on a regular basis that affect people's life, life or death. Uh, When you're heading across the foreboding terrain of eastern Columbia, you know, you're going (laughs) into roads and dangerous places where you got to know where you're going. And he has got contacts in there and and people he works with get him on the right road to the right places in the in the uh, 
perspective of one of his family members, Dylan, told me, you're seeing parts of Columbia that most Colombians don't get to see. Because if you don't know people, there's a problem, Mark, and that is you're, if, you, if you take the wrong road in eastern Columbia going across very rural terrain uh, or don't get across the river in the right place, you can end up in a drug nest. Uh, you can end up in, in, a, in, a, in a militia camp. You can end up among thieves. Uh, you can end up in the wrong place and just, just disappear and go and never be seen of or heard from again. Wow. So just being in that environment where you're going across some really difficult terrain. I mean, Russell's telling us at one point, hey, we're being, we have to get out early because we're being watched. You know, and that's uh, it's humbling to know you're being watched. Oh, and wow. just uh, we took a shortcut one day, just in an example, and uh, we got this really cool Land Cruiser because there's four or five places we're having to take ferries across. And we come to this home, and they're like, "Yeah, there's a river here. If you're going to take this, that hasn't been crossed all year long." And so Russell gets out there. We get out there with the Land Cruiser about 20 minutes down the road, and literally this sketchy barge comes in front of us. And Russell's looking out like, "Okay, we're going to take the Land Cruiser on the barge. We're going to get across this river." So this is sort of this moment of, "Okay, there's no such thing as an uneventful." trip with Russell. He's literally factoring the buoyancy of the vehicle, seeing if we're going to be able to make it across. Uh, and uh, he comes back to us and says, hey, we're going to have to unload the cargo because, you know, we're not going to make it if, if we don't. You know, we're going we're gonna to swamp the barge. So we're unloading 1,500 pounds worth of cargo. We, we, wow. we were able to get across the river and get on our way. But you're like, wow. Uh, the, the, uh, the rough roads, the, the times we're getting across uh, muddy terrain and the vehicles going uh, crazy, the times we're getting eaten alive by gnats on the river, uh, the time we're wondering, hey, what's around the corner? It's just it's fascinating work. And just seeing Russell firsthand, uh, my respect for him went up greatly. Um, I had went up for him intensely and just to see just how difficult Columbia really is. It's an amazing place, Mark. I, I, I can't put it in, a, in a quite quite good enough words. Well, Dave, you're, you're being humble, too. You left out Russell even told me that you gave some flesh. The gnats were biting you so bad that <laughs> the back of your arms, you were bleeding. So you truly <laughs> oh. uh, contributed in the sacrifice uh, <laughs> on that trip and that whole adventure. Dave, I want you to comment, too, on the reality that, you know, Russell and all those workers are facing in danger. You talked about the impact it was for you as he went along the road of where this person got killed, where there was this ambush and this attack. And it wasn't lo- long history ago. It was recent history. You know, point, talk about that a little bit, what you heard from Russell and what that was like. Yeah, David, thank you for that. And and, and Mark, really interesting, as we're driving around Columbia, right, you know, Russell's uh, engaging, Russell's serving. It's uh, The war has kind of softened in some parts because of its primarily focused in drug areas. But everywhere we went and in, in, uh, in almost everywhere we went in, in Columbia, I'd, I'd hear a story of from Russell on the regular. Here's where this guy got shot. Here's where this atrocity happened. Uh, here's where this person was killed. And it just it just humbled me. I'm like, Russell, is there any safe places to go in Columbia? And he says, really, there's not. Everywhere you go, if, you know, it can go bad in a hurry if you're not careful. For example, we're on the way to, to Loma Linda where the base of the Wycliffe Bible translation camp was years ago where Russell grew up. And the guy in the back seat, one of Russell's mm-hmm. assistants, says, hey, this embankment got blown out about six months ago. And it was a group of Colombian cops on the way to transfer a FARC prisoner who, who the FARC didn't want to trans, you know, transfer. And so they just blew up this whole uh, carload of cops six months before their trip. We're on oh the goodness. Venezuela border getting close. And Russell says, here's just two months ago an area where – uh, of Venezuelans who are suffering and, and man, the poverty mark and, and the, uh, the emptiness, or the desperation of, of Venezuela came to play because he said just two months ago there was a, a guy riding a motorcycle and got killed just for the food that he was that he was taking with him. So a very unique environment. I've never been in an environment quite like that where it's there's so much hostility, war, brokenness, and just turmoil that can 
in any given spot and go sideways in a hurry. So fascinating, uh, fascinating experience. Well, we need to run to a break, but when we get back, uh, I want to hear more about the leadership lessons that she learned hanging out with Russell in Colombia and Venezuela. We'll be right back after this break. At Risk Radio. Lost Story Cinema presents a new feature film, the story of Frank Higgins, the lumberjack sky pilot. More than any class that's lived in our land, these lumberjacks can truthfully say, no man cared for my soul. The church has forgotten the prodigal while caring for the souls of the saved. 30,000 men? Men to whom God is dead. And Sunday is the harvest day of iniquity. And the saloons and brothels. But you were there, willing. Willing, yes, but but not ordained, you see. The Duluth Presbytery is not going to ordain an uncouth lad who hasn't even finished the sixth grade. Ever since I was a young lad in Canada, I've wanted to pilot men to the skies. Aren't you the lumberjack sky pilot? I am. My brother heard you preaching. He said you're a fellow who never leave a lumberjack down. I'm too low and vile for even God to do anything with But God brought me all this way to find you. Based on the true story of an ordinary man, who would become a giant. The Parish of the Pines, coming soon. For more information about this film and to learn about a movie premiere near you, go to theparishofthepinesmovie.com. Theparishofthepinesmovie.com. Welcome back to At Risk Radio. I'm online with David Witt. He's the CEO of SOM International. I'm also online with Dave Arden. He's the Vice President of Domestic Ministries at SOM International. And I want to pick up this conversation we're having about Dave Arden's trip to Columbia with Russell. And Dave Witt, David Witt, uh, <laughs> there's a lot of Davids on here, so we'll try to be clear who we're talking to. There's some really significant things are happening here with the Bible for Venezuela project. Project. I think the number is something like 86,000 Bibles we've delivered last year. Um, it's really important these get delivered. Um, tell us a little bit about what's going on there and the significance of Dave's trip you know, to help deliver these Bibles. Well, well, Dave got to be a witness of the delivery and distribution of the Bibles. So I want him to comment from fresh eyes from that and connect that, though, again to Russell's leadership, Dave, because you intrigued me when you came back and made me think, see it from a deeper perspective of, of Russell's contribution. Share, share your insight, how you summarized it to me with, with who Russell is and what he's doing down there. And then can, let's connect it to with the scriptures. Yeah, yeah thanks for the, the question. Dave, we've often talked about Russell being like Indiana Jones for Christ because he's, you know, he's wearing the hat, he's, he's crossing the rivers, he's really being a bold and, and a adventurous soul. And that's, that's certainly true and, and, uh, and, and a dynamic part of what he, what he does. But it's more than that. He, he really is leading and running an underground war, uh, a subversive war by crossing the river, they're crossing borders and getting Bibles into these rough, uh, rough and difficult places. Uh, delivering Bibles brings out some of the best and the worst in places. Uh, West, bringing, uh, sorry, distributing Bibles brings out the best and the worst in people, according to Russell. For some, it's an opportunity to shine faith, life, and light. Others uh, that have other agendas are corrupt, uh, 
don't want us there. And so literally their lives are on the line of people going across the borders. And I was able to interview some of those people that are crossing the river and taking the Bibles into these places. And it's dangerous. It's dangerous for Americans in particular because an American can be kidnapped, held hostage, and the Venezuelans in particular don't like Americans right now. And so that puts them in a position of uh, humility. They're telling me, don't go walking around the street. Uh, don't go wandering into the forest, so to speak. So I just appreciate Russell's capacity as a leader to to know where to work, to know what information needs to, to get into the right hands and to keep this underground. Because if this gets in the wrong hands of the wrong people, and while we're there, they uh, some local officials took some Bibles and confiscated the boat, causing some problems. So there's just constant adversity uh, that he's got to deal with and just a whole lot of respect. So but the mission is getting the Bibles out, and God is marvelously working in that direction to multiply the, the word into Venezuela and, and Eastern Colombia. Well, tell us what happened yeah. there. They, they, they confiscated your boat. <laughs> Give, tell us a little yeah. more about that story. Yeah, that's a powerful story, Dave. So let's. I think this illustrates the, the conflict in the, the leadership needed down there with this whole story of the confiscation. Yeah, there's just people, uh, they, they, they have to get connections, they have to get transportation rights, but then on, on the dime, because things have shifted politically both in Colombia and in Venezuela, things are kind of hot down there, and just a phone call from the uh, the morning earlier had given them approval later on, no, they were they were just, you know, they were their ship was boarded by six people that had guns, their their, their boat was taken in captivity, and about 6,000 Bibles were, uh, were were hauled off, and they the Lord thinks they can get it back, but it's still, still in the mix of trying to get those back, and work through customs to, to get that back into our hands. So that's a, a really a, a prayer request as well. Yeah, and let me jump on that with Dave. I mean, you know, the enemy overplays his hand, and, and, and God orchestrates it all. And, and so we see what's coming out of that already is that Russell's been able to make more and more friends in influential places. And in the end, it looks like it's going to be even help us even more, open up more doors for Bible distribution. Uh, so the Lord's orchestrating that. We see some favor, and hopefully that, like uh, Dave talks about, those Bibles and, and those and that boat that was confiscated is close to hopefully coming back to us. But it's it just shows the constant difficulty and corruption and evil forces that are worked down there. And yet, as we look to the Lord to have God's mind in those things, he will orchestrate it for a greater gain. So, yeah, Dave, keep on going. And I think you, you mentioned, Dave, some of the other interviews of people you talked to. And is I know there's some security issues we're talking about here, but what can you share with us uh, about some of the stories of how you were impacted? I, I was so touched uh, about well, the progress already. You know, it's been a half million Bibles over the last uh, several years that have gone into Venezuela. And literally there's been, it's fueled and flooded country with the word. And and two years ago, the census was, it was, there was uh, 9 million Christians in Venezuela. Now there's 15 million Christians. Russell's like, we need 6 million more Bibles to really get these going. But what's so cool, I got to interview uh, the one on the other side, the one that's taking the Bibles into Venezuela. And uh, he'll uh, get a truckload. He'll get a, a few help, helpers along the way. And uh, he'll just... Notify an area, you know, they've been to 13 of the, of the 23 states now, and they'll notify an area where they're going. And uh, Mark, thousands of people show up. And literally from 9 in the morning to 9 p.m., they'll be distributing Bibles. Just this hunger, this desperation, this this joy of being around the Word of God. And for a whole day, Mark, for a whole day after the, the distribution, people stay in, in the area they're given the Bible. And just uh, the churches and this, the platforms they're given to, they just rejoice and praise God and just celebrate what God has done by giving this Bibles. And so not only have we seen really neat experiences that way and some testimonies, but also we've seen that uh, um, 
the Lord has done some miraculous things. So, you know, they'll they'll go out and spending the day delivering Bibles, and then the truck will be there'll be another hundred boxes of Bibles in the truck. We had uh, a guy steal fifty seven boxes, and when they got them back and counted again, there were sixty two boxes. So, the Lord literally is multiplying the word. It's miraculous wow. stories. Forty more boxes here, hundred boxes here show up, and it's just <laughs> fantastic to to see uh, how the Lord's like, I'm on behind this. This is my work, and you're just being a vessel in in what I'm wanting to accomplish here, which is fantastic. Um, one I, one story, one of my my favorite stories is they're getting searched a lot. Uh, there's people that are out to get us as we're trying to serve in that capacity. And so you're, you've got these trucks that'll, you know, they'll get searched and, uh, you know, cops will show up and with their, their search dogs. And there was one particular day where our uh, truck was stopped, a lot of boxes of Bibles in the back. And the, it was an aggressive customs agent. It's like, we're going to search every box here. And our lead guy says, no, we're not going to get out. They'll take you days for that. So they just kind of kept calm in the vehicle and watched behind them. Well, they, th- th- there's a dog that jumped up in the back of the, uh, back of the big vehicle, big truck, you know. And it's an open bed with all the with all the uh, the boxes, uh, Bibles. And this this particular day, this this dog just sat down. He's like, no, no, this is this is above my pay grade. I'm not going here, you know. And so all of a sudden, you know, there, it causes this altercation between the workers. You know, some of the guys started getting aggressive with the dog. Well, the dog falls off the back of the truck because of the big commotion, and then it caused a big sting because the guys that really liked the dog were mad at the guys that got him, you know, aggressive with the dog. And then there was uh, this big turmoil with that, and they finally had to take the dog off to get care and so it created this whole this whole uh this whole diversion if you will they finally went back of the truck and goes you guys just get out of here you know and uh so you just see that again the hand of the lord god's amazing power and grace and his vision to see colombians and really venezuelans here come to christ in in droves uh, there's just a hunger there there's a desperation there still average venezuelan makes five bucks a month and, and then has some subsidies from the government, but just they're they're basically scrambling at all times to find income to uh, to work multiple jobs, do whatever they can to to stay afloat, and that's that's the situation still in Venezuela. So, Dave, it's a leadership podcast. Uh, let's end our time together by just with this question: What was the biggest leadership lesson that you learned? spending all that time with Russell. It's hard to pin it down to just one, Mark, but I, I can see in Russell real humility, uh, real discernment. You don't get too up. You don't get too down. You just take each hurdle as it comes. I have seen see that as a great quality of leadership for him, just dependent upon the Lord, dependent upon the Holy Spirit, not willing to share and watch to watch his back. So knowing where God is moving, listening to the Lord, uh, being sensitive to the Holy Spirit, certainly not wanting to get out in front. And even on the way back, we I got to, I got to fly back from the border back to Bogota about, you know, about an hour and a half, which would take was four or five days trip. So just even every time he goes on the road, it's like, which trail am I going to take? Which road am I going to do? And, and keeping his, keeping the enemy on the, on the, on the, on his, on his heels, basically. I think that's what also I learned. If we're going to serve the Lord and we're going to be bold in dangerous areas, we can't just do the status quo. We can't go into what's, uh, what's been successful in the past. We have to, to go into new territory with fresh heart, fresh faith, fresh perspective and fresh dependence upon the Lord. Lord, you show me, you, you open those doors. Where is it? Uh, even the next few days we can go. And I don't give the enemy a, a foothold by giving him too much information, but by keeping him on his toes and by just again, walking in the spirit and, and being dependent upon the Lord for everything he wants to do on a given week. Well, thank you for that, Dave. And thank you for sharing, uh, that, those incredible stories. 
from uh, from South America and helping us to understand a little bit more about what the Lord is doing there. Uh, we've been asking our listeners for a long time to donate towards the Bibles for Venezuela project, and that is at BiblesForVenezuela.com if you want to be part of the uh, Bibles for Venezuela project. You know, we want to invite you to uh, get involved with those who rich who risk much for Jesus and you start your involvement with SOM International by subscribing to our newsletter. Our full color newsletter comes out every month. It has stories from those who are serving on the front lines and who are risking much for the gospel in the very restricted areas like Colombia and Venezuela. You can sign up for that newsletter at atriskradio.com. And you know, this is a crowdfunded ministry, right? And so Bibles go into Venezuela because people donate. You know, we're able to get missionaries and into places. We don't, you don't always use, we don't always call them missionaries. These are people who love Jesus, who are just making an impact uh, with the gospel. And you can sign up to be a monthly donor to support those who are leaders in uh, the underground church and the persecuted church by going to spiritofmartyrdom.com or by exchanging a donation for a book in the bookstore. And that's at sombookstore.com. And in that bookstore, you'll find stories from Russell Stendhal, stories like, you know, Rescue the Captives and uh, the Jubilee Bible, which is, uh, you know, a version of the Bible that he helped to uh, translate. And I think we have 30 or 40 different resources there in SOM Bookstore. So Dave and David, thank you for being on the show today. Until next time, my name is Mark Stafford, and this has been At Risk Radio. You've been listening to At Risk Radio. For more, go to atriskradio.com. At Risk Radio is a production of SOM International.